In my bag, there. Is it in my bag? Is there another piece of paper in my bag? I really do need it. Yes, that's it. Sorry. <laughs> this has been a good start, yeah. Anyway, uh, what I wanted to do was to uh, tell you about the very first time I came to New Beginnings and who made me come. She's in Argentina at the moment, so she won't hear this. <laughs> uh, she will report that. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> no pressure. I was asked to, to write this uh, many years ago about coming to New Beginnings. Um, and I'll just read it out to you just now. When life has hit rock bottom and you don't know where to turn, just listen to this little odd and turn your eyes to God. I'm going back 10 years ago, I was just about to drop. When I met my friend, Lorena, where you ask, at the bus stop. She told me about this very church and the difference it would make if I would just come back to God, my burden he would take. But even now, it's true, you know, and Satan comes a, call, a knocking. I was... I have a hymn that comes to mind and the door to Satan is locking. So I turn my eyes upon Jesus. I look full in his wonderful face and the cares of life, they grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. That was the little thing that I wrote. Uh, Lorena and I uh, lived in Ock and Lock and we got the bus into town to, to work. And she kept saying to me, you know, come back to church. And I said, you'll never get me back to church, Lorena. <laughs> Just watch me. Uh, anyway, she kept on and she kept on. And I eventually did come to the church. And the very first person I met coming into church was Hugh Kilpatrick. And he welcomed me very warmly to the church, blah, blah, blah. As everyone else in this wonderful church has done over all the years, you know, with people in this church. It is wonderful. And the, the, I, I wanted to read this out a little bit, which Kathy Woods uh, penned. It was a week in the coffee house, um, and I hope she'll remember what she wrote about me. Okay. Just in case you don't, I'll read it out to you. <laughs> She did this for everybody in the, you know, the coffee house and whatever. She did a little poem to them. So this is mine. Nancy comes on a Friday to clean. In her bag, there's her CDs, her hat, and her face cream. She's in there for hours. We do start to wonder. We tiptoe outside and we look in the window. The music is blaring with the hoover she's prancing. We're sure she's preparing for Strictly Come Dancing. <laughs> Not nice. <laughs> I'm just trying to... Uh, when I did come to the church at first, um, I know you all remember Alec Russell, Eileen. And when I came, they invited me so many times for dinner and whatever, and it was wonderful because Alec would bring out his accordion and we would sing. And if I was feeling miserable when I went into the house, 
I was a lot better when I came out because it made it happy. And I don't know if you remember, Alec did magic tricks. Yeah. And it really annoyed me because I wanted to know how he'd done it. <laughs> and um, SP was his helper. You know, Lorena's husband, SP. And uh, I got SP on his own one time and I said, come on, come on. Tell me how Alec does that. I'm not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to give away magician secrets or whatever. So I never ever did, but that was that was all part of it. And being part of this church now for 10 years, it's been absolutely marvelous. I don't know how to thank everybody because everybody is great. And if I'm not mentioning people, don't get upset, okay? <laughs> Please. <laughs> I can't think of it. No, uh, and the other thing I was going to say, when I came here at first, the two Nathans were knee-highs to grasshoppers. <laughs> You're looking at them now, eh? <laughs> Anyway, and all the young people that, that were in, the, I, lo I love to join in the Sunday school with the kids because that was also good, uh, and I like that. Now, I'm not going to go on any longer and ramble, and I'm going to let Liz... Eh? What, is it Liz coming up, Graham? Is that okay? Right. Okay. Oh, my God. Thank you, Liz. Right. <laughs> I'd have been quite happy if you'd kept rambling. Rambling? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> 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 oh, dear, dear. Oh dear, 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 dear. It's wonderful. I think it's wonderful that Kathy and others can put words down in yeah. paper and yeah. poetry and different things like that. It's absolutely fantastic. Thanks, Nicola. <clears throat> uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that we can come into your presence. We thank you, Lord, for Jesus. We thank you, Father, that you sent your only beloved Son into this world and that died on a cross for us, Lord. So we come this morning humbly before you and we do pray, Father, that you'll help us <clears throat> with your word, Lord, to take what's for us and leave what's not for us, Father. So we just come and we pray in Jesus' name that you will speak, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> I'd like to start off with a very, a very familiar part of scripture, was, uh, Matthew, Matthew 2, um, and it's about the, the wise men. I'll not read the whole part because it's long and I've got other bits I would like to read, so it's not too long. Um, as we know, the wise men came and because they were looking for the king, they thought it would be in Herod's palace, the baby would be born, but we know that it wasn't anything to do with Herod because he was an evil man. So the first part of that scripture talks about them going to speak to Herod because they thought that's where the baby would be born. And when uh, Herod asked the leading priests and teachers of the law, they said, no, we're born in Bethlehem. So they followed the star and they went to Bethlehem. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men and he learned from them the time when the, first, the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. 
After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. Amen. So the wise men had come, and they had come on a route. They had found wells of water. They had found food. They had found rest for their animals and things like that. And it must have been a long journey in those days. But they found Jesus. They saw Jesus, they found him, and they worshipped him and they gave him gifts. And then they had to return by a different route. The first route was a familiar route because they had travelled it before. But this new route, God had asked them to change and go a different route. And I'm sure it would have been a harder route for them because it wasn't familiar. It wasn't the way they knew. And they had to go this different route because God had told them in a dream not to return to Herod. And it's like a life when we come to Christ. We're called, God calls us from where we are, down that road that we're familiar with. And then we meet Jesus and everything changes. Everything changes on the outside and hopefully the outside to an extent as well. We are changed when we meet Jesus. And God puts our feet on a different path and a different road. And it might be a harder road. Maybe our life before was easier, before we met Jesus, because we did our own thing. We went to places we went, and we did the things, and we wore the things, and we, everything was just us. But when we meet Jesus, it becomes all about him. And that road that he places us on might be a rough and rugged and hard road, but he's told us that he'll never forsake us. In Isaiah 43, verse 18, it says, Remember not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I will, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Remember not the former things. We're on a new road. When we know Christ, we're on a new road. And the old things have passed away in our lives. And the way of being and the way of our own will has changed. And it says in 19, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. When we're born again, it's a new start, a new start in life. And how wonderful is a new start in life, especially if we meet Jesus when we're a wee bit older in life as well, because there's so much behind us that maybe we want to forget about. Really hard things that maybe have happened in our life. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness, sometimes our lives, and the way we're going. And the path that we're having to walk is like a wilderness experience and maybe we don't even sense Jesus. Maybe it's a place, it's a really hard place. It's a place where there's 
no shelter for the sun. There's nowhere to hide. There's nowhere that seems to comfort us. But he said that he will, he will make a way in the wilderness because he never ever promises us a bed of roses. But he promises that he'll never leave us or forsake us. He'll always be with us in whatever way our life is going. And I'm sure we could all stand up here and say, this is happening in my life and it's really hard. And it says after that, to give drink to my people. No, that's not that. To give away in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And sometimes our desert places are very dry. And it's talking spiritually here because the rivers talk about living water and where the river is, there's life. Isn't that wonderful to know that? And it's the Holy Spirit. And he did. We were on Wednesday night, we were, Graham brought a reading and it was about Ezekiel and it was about the waters and the diff different depths of the waters. And it's really talking about the Holy Spirit. And the, the, the last part was it was waters to swim in. Waters to swim in. Full of God, full of the Holy Spirit. And Him in, in us and out, outside us, just around us, encouraging us, lifting us up. We know what it's like when we're swimming. You know, we're, we're not as heavy as we are normally. Um, so just that sense of rivers of God. And he will give us rivers in that desert place when we're feeling tired, when we're feeling drained, when we feel with no strength to go on, that God gives us those rivers of life, the rivers of God. And we're going into a new year soon. And we just long that God would give us those rivers. I was reading recently about Moses in the tabernacle when it, it was built and it was opened at first, how the presence of God was so, so deep. And I hadn't really thought about that, connecting it to Solomon's temple and when the, the priests couldn't enter in because of the presence of God, they couldn't minister because of that, because the presence of God was so deep, like rivers to swim in, that presence of God, that depth of God in the meetings, that in that meeting in that time. And we're not in the church, but the church will be open soon. And that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? If it would be like the time of Solomon, when the presence of God was so deep. Because when God's presence is there, it changes everything. It changes us. And it's so easy to worship him when the presence of God is like that. Lord, 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 we long for it to happen. To have that depth of the rivers of God in our lives. So whatever road you're on at this time, whatever way God is taking you, if you're on that new road with him, if you're on maybe a hard road, but he's with you, just ask him for the rivers of God. Sometimes we just trudge along in life and, you know, we don't ask him. We don't ask him. He does know what we need, but a child wouldn't, you wouldn't know if a child was thirsty if they didn't ask you for a drink. And that's what our Heavenly Father wants us to, to ask him. Because we all need that Holy Spirit in our life. We all need waters to swim in, overflowing gushings of God in our life. And if you're feeling dry this morning, ask him. Ask him, I need, I need some living water. And if you want prayer, ask for prayer. 
ask someone to pray for you that those gushings of God would be manifesting your life this morning. God doesn't want us to do things in our own strength. We need him. We need his Holy Spirit. Praise be to God. Amen.